The Bayes STEM Global Competitiveness Conference presents Job Readiness Certification, Interview Success, Practical Approaches to Persuading the Recruiter, a Professional Development Seminar. Featuring CEO of Whitman Consulting, Andre Thornton. Job interviews are stressful enough without having to establish a positive and professional self-representation during the interview process. Recruiters are looking for the ideal candidate, and you are trying to come across as friendly and trustworthy while expanding how you're the perfect candidate, so practice makes perfect. The competition is tough, so it's no wonder your confidence should be your focus. That's why you need to be at this seminar. We will deliver practical, step-by-step, proven strategies and interview tips to help you build confidence, become persuasive, and walk into a room locked and loaded, ready to formulate impressive answers to common interview questions. Along with the answers and swagger to pull it off, we will give you the opportunity to perfect your skills before your interview. Without further ado, the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference presents Job Readiness Certification, Interview Success, Practical Approaches to Persuading the Recruiter, featuring Andre Thornton. Okay, this is Interview Success, right? Who's got interviews lined up already? Nope. Who's trying to get an interview? So you have between now and what, Saturday, tomorrow, to get your interview lined up to make everything happen? Or you're trying to set it up for after this workshop? I mean, after this conference? Either one? So everyone's looking for an interview. So this is what we're gonna do really quick. Everyone, I'd like you to quickly just say your name and your school. This is gonna be a really quick around the room. Say your name and your school, and what is your biggest fear of interviews? What is the thing you worry about the most when it comes to interviews? Thing that makes you most nervous or fearful? We're gonna literally go around the room. Everyone has to stand up, say the name, and say, I'm sorry? I'm just saying that's not a first date kind of question. That's not a first date kind of question. <laughs> We're gonna very quickly get very transparent in this room, as you can tell. And I will go first. Does that help? So my name, hello everyone, is Andre Thornton. I am the founder and CEO of a company called Whitman Consulting. I'm here representing Kusai Global. And my biggest fear or concern with interviews is I worry that I'm not gonna be impressive enough. I worry that what I have to say is not gonna impress the person that's interviewing me and they won't select me for the job. How transparent was that? We'll start over here. My name is Aria Parmarich uh, from the University of Houston. My biggest fear uh, during an interview is maybe stumbling my words uh, when I'm trying to give, think of an answer to say or something. Stumbling words, okay. My name is Thomas. Uh, I'm from Queens College, and my biggest fear during interviews, I guess, is uh, not having enough experience for the job. Not having enough experience, not being qualified, okay. My name is Daniel from Michael University. Uh, my biggest fear is not being able to express myself. So I will have the knowledge, but I wouldn't be able to get the words out. Excellent. Well, you just expressed yourself very well right there. Congratulations. All right, let's keep going here in the front. Uh, Brian Hansen and UBC. And I 
I guess one of my biggest fears is not being prepared enough, like feeling like I'm prepared for the interview. Not feeling like you're completely prepared for the interview. Like they may have a question that you weren't ready for. Exactly. Excellent. Yes, sir. My name is Devin Adams, W University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Uh, my biggest fear is the technical questions and not having enough like background for what they ask me or stumbling on questions for those. Okay, having the technical background again. Yes, sir. My name is Brian McElvey. I'm from the University of Houston. Uh, my biggest fear would probably be knowing what to say, but not uh, having the idea of how to effectively say it. How to say it in a way that's effective. So you may know what to say, but how do you say it? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Hi, my name is Amber Alex. I'm from New York University. My biggest fear is probably completely blanking during an interview. Just going blank, like, ah, I don't know. Right. <laughs> and then there's that awkward silence. Great. Let's go over here. Yes. I'm Ashton Myers from Durham State University, and my biggest fear is them not giving me a reaction to justify if I'm doing okay or not. Not giving you a reaction, so you get the blank stare. That's tough. Yes, sir. My name is Joe Albarn from Delaware State University. I guess my biggest fear is blanking out on a technical interview. <laughs> like they give like five different acronyms, and I'm just, I have no clue what they're talking about. <laughs> So not having the background and expertise to answer exactly what they're asking. Excellent. Yes, ma'am. Um, my name is Indeja Brent. I'm from Delaware State University. And I think my biggest fear is um, allowing nervousness to consume. So I don't know how to convey what I'm saying. OK, excellent. Being able to say it without sounding too nervous. Yes, ma'am. Um, my name is Sharon Gonzalez. I'm from Delaware State University. Um, my biggest fear is for running out of words and experience. Run out of words, not having the experience that they're looking for. Okay, great. Thank you. Yes, sir. Um, my name is Carlos Diaz, and I go to Delaware State. And my biggest fear is not knowing what to say. Not knowing what to say. Um, my name is Andrew Horn, Delaware State University. My biggest fear is not being properly prepared for an interview. Not being prepared, as in you're not ready to answer the questions that they have for you. Whether it be questions, attire, or not having enough experience. Okay. Great. Yes, sir. Good afternoon. My name is Princess Williams. I go to Delaware State University. Uh, my biggest fear is being underqualified for a job or uh, not knowing technical terms that they mentioned. Okay. Qualifications. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, my name is Tavian Cooks. I go to Delaware State University. And my biggest fear during the interview is definitely seeing more qualified people interview before me. <laughs> so to see the competition, like, wow, they look sharp. Excellent. So one of my biggest fears is that I'll get nervous. Talking um, to people is my main thing. Okay. Like it happens all the time, right? Okay, let's go this way around the table, please. Um, my name is Cornelia Gray. I'm a parent, actually. Yeah, retired, so I'm not going to be interviewing. But my biggest fear when I used to do that was that the interviewer would not be focused on what I'm saying because they had really already made up their minds when they were going to hire. Interesting. That's a mature concern right there when you know what's really going on. Excellent. Thank you. Hi, everyone. My name is Jaquela. Um, one of my biggest fears for interviewing would be not yeah, saying the wrong thing or not answering the question properly. Not answering the question properly or saying, saying something wrong? Excellent. Okay. Yes, ma'am. My name is Essence Parsons. I go to NJIT, and my biggest fear is not knowing how to answer a question. Not knowing, so you have a question, they have a question, you're not sure exactly how to 
respond with the quote unquote right answer. Okay, yes. My name is Jennifer Edwards. I go to NJMC, and one of my biggest fears is um, not knowing what to say, stuttering, or just going blank. What say, stuttering, or going blank? It's tough. Yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Michelle Mascara. I go to the Houston, and my biggest fear is also stuttering, getting nervous, and not knowing like what to end with in a conversation. Not knowing how to close out the conversation. Yeah. Great. Yes. Hi, my name's Elaine Raymond, and I go to the University of Houston. My biggest fear is when I say something and they just write it down, and then there's just that awkward silence of whatever I'm supposed to say, and I keep talking, and then I just look at them. So. so the awkward science is in silence is tough, right? It's like, what do you do with it? Is it good? Is it bad? It feels bad, doesn't it? Okay, over here. Not knowing what to say, the awkward stare from the person that's interviewing you. Hello, everyone. My name is Kenny Preston, and I attend Tennessee State University. I would say my biggest fear would be not asking enough questions. Hmm, not asking enough questions. Yes, sir. Good afternoon. My name is Joshua Stowell from Tennessee State University. Um, my biggest fear is when they ask you to explain yourself or like kind of say yourself. You really know what to say because you don't want to over say yourself. Right. So are you confident but not cocky, right? Right. I'm trying to draw the line. Excellent. Yes. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Jamila McVeigh from Tennessee State University. I'm a big spirit. It's rejection. So rejection after the interview or just? The thought of it. Oh, just the thought of being rejected. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Hey, my name is Morgan Clayton. I'm from Tennessee State University, and my biggest fear is not knowing what to say. Not knowing what to say. Meaning, and when everyone's saying not know what to say, it's how to respond to someone's question? Okay. Not necessarily how to say hello or introduce yourself, but how to respond. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm from Tennessee State University. Uh, my biggest fear in the interview is basically um, just not, like, knowing a lot about the company and kind of saying the wrong things. Mm. That's my biggest fear. Okay. Not knowing about the company. Great. It's good. Easy to fix. Yes, ma'am. Over here. Excellent. So you know it, but you can't quite say it the way you want it to say it all the time. Yes. Hi, uh, my name is Mia. I attend Howard University, and my biggest fear would be having to ask a question, and I don't particularly have a situation to answer. So they ask for these, what would you do in this situation, and you have no situation? Yes, okay. Overthinking it. So you get too nervous, you overthink it, and then you show up and over answer questions. Great. Yes. Uh, my name is Natasha. I get a George Mason University, and my biggest fear is needing more time to articulate my answer. Needing more time to articulate your answer. Hmm. So you feel like it takes a while to get out exactly what you want to say. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, let's go over here at this table. Hmm. Going blank. Not properly silent. Yes, sir. My name is Ed Cotang. I go to Northwest High School. And uh, my biggest fear is not being, able, not being able to properly showcase my skills to the company. Wow, you're in high school, man? Yes. Did y'all think he was in high school? <laughs> you're able to properly sell yourself in here, let me tell you. All right, sir, you must be the 
proud parent. Doing a wonderful job, sir. Mm. Excellent. Thank you. Getting them started early. That's great. Okay, let's come over to this table. Um, my name is Ryan Washington from Florida A&M University, and I think my biggest fear is just not knowing how to answer the questions properly and just not being prepared for them. Not being prepared and how to answer them properly. Excellent. Yes. Hello, everyone. I'm Nefertari Parks. I attend Howard University. Uh, I would say my biggest fear is like if I'm preparing for a technical interview, I study one thing more than the other. And then the other thing that I didn't study as much ends up being one of the questions. So that's my biggest thing. That has happened to me before. Excellent. Thank you. Yes. Uh, my name is Sydney Adams. I also attend Howard University. Um, my biggest fear in interviews is definitely uh, unforeseen questions as well as having not done enough research on the company. Unforeseen questions. You didn't expect them, and maybe you didn't do enough research on the company. I feel like um, most interview questions are kind of the same, just worded differently. You know, kind of the same kind of scenario-based question. Mm -hmm. So if there's any question outside of that, that I guess I feel like I wasn't foreseen coming, then I had that awkward pause or kind of think of my answer for saying it. Okay, got it. Excellent. Next. Hello, everyone. My name is Nadia Watson from Howard University. And my biggest fear is not having the answer to the question. Not having the answer to the question being asked. Yes. Hi everyone, my name is August Bundy. I'm a senior at Florida Agricultural Campus University. And I don't have any interview fears, but being in the spotlight, I do get nervous. And there is a possibility that I can stumble over my words. Were you nervous just now? Yeah, my heart really did. But <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't stumble over her words. Excellent. Thank you, Ozzy. Okay, let's go to the back section. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. My name is Jared Robinson. I attended uh, Towson University. And my biggest energy thing would be not having the proper qualifications or experience. Right? Not having what they need. Excellent. Yes. Very real. Not knowing how to answer the questions. Yes. Nervousness for lack of communications. That's great. Yes. Hey, my name is Paula Rangel. I go to East State University. And my fear is being nervous and saying the wrong things. Being nervous and saying the wrong things, stumbling over ourselves. Yes. Um, my name is Pandit, and I'm studying at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. And uh, my biggest fear is the nervousness, probably missing out answers, even though I know it, my subconscious know it, but then when I'm nervous, I don't articulate it well that what I want to speak is the same thing which is coming out. So that's Excellent. Okay. Thank you. So you may answer with the wrong answer. That's for a different question than what they had. Go beyond something uh, which is not required, I guess. Got it. Okay. Great. Thank you. Yes. Not being able to express yourself appropriately. Accurately. Yes. Okay. Thank you. My name is Jim Bonnie Barnes from Delaware State University. Um, my biggest fear would probably be not being able to answer the technical question um, very well. And is that concerned because you don't have the experience yet? Um, no, I just know, like, I'm in computer science, which is software development. Mm -hmm. There's usually um, easier ways or more efficient ways to answer the problem, but sometimes you just can't do it. Got it. Okay. Uh, my name is Prime. I'm from uh, Delaware State University. My biggest fear is getting rejected for <clears throat> stuff that I, can't, I have no control over. What would be an example of that? So, 
Like for example, if I want to work for like the government or something like that, and then they require you to be a U.S. citizen, but you're not a U.S. citizen. Ah, okay, that's tough. Okay, last table, I believe. I'm going to be a Lobos student at Dickinson College. Uh, my biggest fear is not being able to relate how my skills and job experience relate to the job position. Making the connection. Yes, sir. I'm Dennis Manning. I'm from the University of St. Mary. My biggest fear would be um, blanking out and not being able to express myself. Interesting. Okay, so we got Danielle and Courtney here from Lockheed Martin, by the way. They're in here to observe. And Lockheed, everyone know who Lockheed Martin is? Anybody not know? Because we had some folks in the room earlier. Anyone not know who Lockheed Martin is? Everyone knows who Lockheed Martin is. Anybody trying to get a job at Lockheed Martin? Anybody interested in Lockheed Martin? So everybody go talk to them because they got all jobs. No. So this is Danielle and Courtney, if you could just quickly introduce yourself. You don't have to do the fear thing, unless you want to. Not connecting. That's a good one. My name is Courtney Moore. I went to North Carolina Central University and then I also went to University of Maryland. Um, I don't have any fears in interviewing, but one thing I would say for you all, my fear for you all is that you don't properly utilize the 30 to 90 minutes that you have when you sit down in front of the board. Mm. That's a good tip. So it's not used as in there's dead space left at the end or the kinds of things that are talked about are not the right thing. Wow, that's powerful. Y'all write that down? Leave your best self there. We'll talk about how to do that. Okay, last two. Not expressing yourself well in the interview. Great. Being qualified and not selling yourself completely. Great. These are very real fears. So let me say something before we jump into this. One of human nature's biggest fears is to stand up and speak. So you just conquered that fear, everyone. You stood up and speak. Give yourselves a round of applause for doing that. So what we're going to talk about is embracing the discomfort. An interview is a very uncomfortable situation. And what we're going to do is we're going to embrace it. We're going to be excited about the discomfort. We're going to look for it. We're going to be upset if we don't find it. We want to be uncomfortable. Because when we embrace it, then we show up like rock stars. So everyone just share what their biggest fear is. I want everyone to take a moment and write down the actual question that you're most afraid of. The question that you're worried is going to stop you the most. What's the question you're like, oh, please, I hate when they ask this question in the interview. Everyone's got a question? So how do we prepare for interviews? Throw out some ideas. How do you prepare? Research the company. How do you research the company? What do you do? Website, culture, core values. Glass door to learn about the culture even more, what people have said about it, right? What, what they say? Yes. Yeah. Salary, too. Salary, too. You get to see all that there on the glass door. Your thoughts. How to research. Yep. Mission statement, what they're trying to achieve. Absolutely. Yes. What it's like to work there, one of those pages that kind of gives you an overview? Yeah. Absolutely, yes. Um, like what the job that you want, look at the description and then see like 
trying to compare it to what the company had. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Perfect sense. Okay. So you look at the job and you try to connect it to what is this mission statement and what are the values and how does this actual job and what the person doing this job connects to that. That's a very good one. Yes. Any recent innovations to make for great small talk and questions at the end? Yes. That was your, y'all shared a, she took your, she took your response, didn't she? Yes. Stalk their social media, right? Looking for things to bring up that are relevant. So we're going to go through some things, some ideas, and at the very end, I'm going to give you one of the, and I won't say this is a guarantee, but one of the surefire ways to have a fantastic result out of your interview. I'm going to save that for the very end, but first we're going to talk through a couple of concepts. So everything that everyone mentioned when they talked about their fears, believe it or not, each one of those things you could Google and there would be uh, probably 20,000 articles or videos on how to deal with those things. So I'm not going to sit here and take you through how to deal with each and every situation you may face that may make you nervous. Instead, I'm going to talk a little more about the concept of the interview and what it is that you're trying to get away from it so that you can walk away with one or two nuggets on how to make sure you're successful in these interviews. So first, I've got to give you a couple concepts. For someone to decide to hire you, what do you think that requires? What word comes to mind? Potential, qualifications, trust. They gotta like you. They gotta like you, they gotta trust you. So how do you get people to trust you? Be personable? Be competent? <laughs> you guys were here earlier. Have a good character. So we're going to talk about this idea of trust and how is trust built. So we had a session earlier, and I'll bring this back up because it breaks this down, and I apologize for my handwriting, but it breaks trust down into some very simple components that in every interview situation, in every situation where we're being considered to do something, people are evaluating us in these four areas. And they're not sitting there going down the checklist. Trust is an emotion, it's a feeling. So they're feeling, can I trust this person based on these four areas? So let's go through them. The first two areas fall within your character. So they're judging your intent. They're judging, are you selfish? Or are you going to be there to try to support and serve the organization and serve the people around you? Are you there just to get a paycheck? If you want to stand out, be very specific about your intent being there to serve and help someone, someone other than yourself. Next is integrity. They just want to know, are you, are, you, are you going to be honest? Are they going to be able to trust you and that you're not going to lie on your timesheets or, or say that you're one thing on your resume, but you're actually something else intentionally? So that covers character. The next thing that they're looking for, and there was a lot of discussion about this as we went around the room, and I know how it is when you're first starting out. So my very first job, for those that weren't in the earlier session, came from coming to this conference 22 years ago. I was at this conference, literally in your seat, 1998. I went down to career fair. I went to the Lockheed Martin booth. I handed in my resume, and I ended up getting a job. And I stayed at Lockheed Martin for 18 years. And it all started 
here at this conference by handing in a resume, having a conversation with a recruiter that turned into an 18-year amazing career. So when people talk to you and they read your resume, they're going over your capabilities. They're going over your skills. You're early. They don't expect you to know how to do everything. When I was hired, I was hired to build airplanes. I had barely seen an airplane. I'd only flown an airplane twice. I had never done anything with airplanes, but they hired me to help them do, develop software that would build airplanes. And they specifically said, I'm not hiring you because I expect you to know how to do this. I'm hiring you because you know how to think and you proved that in college. We're gonna teach you what we need you to do. So all this pressure we put on ourselves and know how to do everything already, when you're coming straight out of college, the bar is not as high as we think it is. What they're looking for is your ability to think through problems. That's the most critical skill. So they're looking for this in your capabilities. The final thing that they're looking for, and this doesn't get talked about enough, is results. Can they hand something over to you, turn and walk away, and know it's gonna be taken care of? Not only do you have the skills, but can you deliver what's needed to be delivered? And the best way to do that, to demonstrate that, is when you have projects in school or anything you're working on, concentrate on what was the outcome of the thing. Not just the list of skills and tasks, but what was the outcome of your involvement? What did you deliver? What was the end result? So let's keep that in mind. So I put this up as a framework to think about, right? But again, trust is an emotion. And trust is not always fair. Because we can show up and we've got all these things. Our intent is great, we're there to help. We don't lie, cheat, or steal. We've got the skills that they need. We know how to deliver results, we're responsible. But then we get nervous. And those nerves cause them to start questioning our capabilities, questioning can we get the results? Questioning maybe are we hiding something? Is there an integrity issue? So what's the best way to deal with nerves? Face your fears, be prepared, and how do you be prepared? Practice, practice, yes. Um, so part of preparation, I would also say like confidence in yourself. So know, like go over what are the experiences that you've had, what projects have you done, so that you can convey those when they ask you those questions. So practice saying those things, absolutely. Practice, practice is the word. Practice is how we get through the nerves. Practice isn't fun. Interviews are usually our fun. But when we practice and get through the non-fun of that, the interview can become a little more fun because now we feel a little more confident, a little more comfortable. So we're gonna do some practicing in a minute, but first I wanna tell you a quick story. So I was at this dinner a couple years ago and I was sitting next to this guy and so I spent 18 years at Lockheed Martin, now I do leadership development. I've been doing this for about four years. And I sit next to this guy who's about my age and it's like a black tie event, everyone's dressed up. And he says, uh, what do you do? Well, actually, no, I asked him first. I said, what do you do? What do you do, man? And he said he was a neuroscientist. And I was like, wow, neuroscience. And he just kind of looked like, yeah, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm a neuroscientist. 
I was so impressed that this guy was a neuroscientist and he was, he was so young and he had his own practice and firm that he was working. And so he asked me what I did and I said, oh, I, I do leadership development. And this guy lit up. He was so excited. He was so in awe of me who does leadership development. Here I was thinking like, I'm, you know, I'm just leadership development. And he was so excited. He's like, oh my gosh, he has so many questions. So the reason he was so excited was because he went through 10 years of school and then he got out and started his own practice. And he, through those entire 10 years, no one taught him how to lead. He said no one taught him the skills of being a leader and collaboration and trust building. And those are the most important skills that he has to do right now with his team. So we sat and we talked about it for a while and I shared some things that I knew about emotional intelligence and other things. But then I got really fascinated with him and I got fascinated with neuroscience. You're listening to Job Readiness Certification, Interview Success, Practical Approaches to Persuading the Recruiter, a professional development seminar featuring Andre Thornton. Brought to you by the Global Catalyst for Change, the Bay of STEM Global Competitiveness Conference, where we make the untapped potential possible. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So I did some research and I've made the connection between neuroscience and leadership in a way that explains something like how do we build trust and why do our emotions do what they do and how can we show up in a way that we're not creating a negative non-trust building experience for the person we're talking to. So bear with me for just a moment. I'm gonna take you through neuroscience, neuroemotional chemical neuroscience 101. So this is a graph, these are on the y-axis, these are emotions. On the x-axis, this is time. How many engineers are in the room? Is everyone an engineer pretty much? So you've seen graphs, right? A lot of us are. Everyone's at least seen a graph. So we know this is up, this numbers go up here, they go down here, and numbers go positive here with time because they can only go positive. So this is time from left to right, and these are seconds. So here's what I found about neuroscience. The emotions in our brain, remember trust is nothing more than an emotion, release automatically when things happen to us or when we have thoughts about things. And the way they release is if they're positive, generally over a few seconds we feel good and then it dwindles. When they're negative, it's unfair, but we typically have a much stronger reaction. It goes way down here, and it stays down there for longer. Let me tell you how emotions work. Everyone in here, I asked you to stand up and say something. How many of you were nervous before you stood up? So your nerves created something called cortisol, which is a negative reaction in your brain and all you had to do was think about the fact that you were about to stand up to create the nerves. Our emotions are based on what we think about. And that concern caused you to go down here. 
So what happens when you're about to go in an interview and all you're doing is thinking about all these things that can go wrong? Do I know everything? Do I know? Oh my gosh, am I going to be ready? You're going into the interview down here. Now let me tell you why this is important. Neuroscience says that there is a sweet spot of positive chemical emotion in our brain where we think the best and we are our brightest. When we go down here, we take all the energy from the prefrontal cortex where we think logically, we attract it to our limbic system and we lose our ability to think logically. So literally when we're nervous, we're losing our ability to think logically, which what does that do? Make us more nervous. So this is like a cycle that happens and we're more nervous and we're more down here and then we can't think clear and then we just stay down here. And then we get up and we bumble, fumble something and we say whatever. So this is why practice is so important because we want to stay here as, more, as much as possible. So that's for us. The other thing that's really powerful about this is in an interview, we want the interviewer to be here when they think about us. We want to create a cocktail of positive chemicals in their brain when they're having this conversation. So that they walk away from saying, you know what? That was a really sharp, that was the best candidate we've seen all day. I think we should go back and start talking about the offer. That happens when you're in this space. And how do you get in that space? By demonstrating that you can do these things. So we're going to do a little practice. Because practice is how we avoid the negative. Remember, we embrace the discomfort and we start practicing where we can be in the positive a little more. We embrace this feeling of nervousness and we do it anyway. So this is what we're going to do. Everyone's written down your question, right? So I'd like you to partner up someone at your table and I'd like your partner to ask you the question. And I'd like you to practice answering the question. And take turns doing this. Discomfort, right? Those chemicals are flying like, ah. So hold on, we have, we have a question. We have a very good question here. So if the question is something that's specific to the interview, and the question that he gave was, why did you choose this company? Why? why this particular job or why this particular company? What I want you to do with that answer is imagine your ideal dream company and your ideal dream job and answer based on that. Assume that the job that you're being interviewed for is your dream job and it's your dream company, somewhere you would love to work, something you would love to be doing and answer based on that. Everyone finished being uncomfortable? That was more comfortable than you thought it would be. Interesting. So the biggest fear question wasn't so bad. Had you ever practiced answering it before? Interesting. How did it go for everyone else? How'd you feel? How, how, how based on what your concern was before you did it, and this being the big, scary question, and how you feel now about that same question. Do you still feel it's just as scary? Does it feel less scary? How do you feel? Yes. I think it was a little less scary, maybe because I knew it was coming. Mm. Because I knew it 
Because I think the worst is when it just comes out of nowhere and you were hoping they wouldn't ask. <laughs> right, ask, right. But here I knew it was coming. So. so you were expecting it, so you kind of braced for it, had kind of had a chance to think through it. Exactly. Excellent. Yes. Yes, sir. Amen. Um, I just said to, like, think about what your um, ideal job would be. I think it made it easier because I had something to focus on. It was just like, oh, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm talking about this. I'm also talking about this. Like, there's a focus to, like, talk about. Right. Excellent. Same, or just your comment about, no, I'm sorry, you, sir. Same comment just about it not being as bad as you thought. It's you. Yes, I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, well, for mine, unfortunately, I, I came a couple minutes late, so I had to write mine on the fly. So I didn't even come up with the worst question. I came up with a question that I felt would be really hard for me to answer. Okay. But the, my answer, thankfully, it wasn't, it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be because of the fact that um, it was about a problem that I'm actively working on. So like, I, I had a plan and a solution. So would you mind sharing what the question was? Sure. My question was, why does your work history have so little impact? Ooh. Yeah, it's a hard question to answer, right? Wow. Yeah, you went straight in on the. Okay, let's hear it. What a powerful question. Yes. As of recently, I've been, because I'm working on my resume and I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to a bunch of networking events and looking for new opportunities. And I realized that a lot of, I've been working for a really long time, like in a lot of different fields, but none of it has been related to what I'm studying now. I'm a business major. Okay. But I've, I'm just now making two and, two, two and a half years at Walgreens as a pharmacy technician. Like it's great, awesome, but like it's no it's no experience. Not connected to what you want to be doing. It's no way relevant to what I want to do. And like all of what I'm doing is are just jobs, ways I made money, but it's, none of it is things I can use where I can say, these are the results I got, mm -hmm. and this is how I change or add it to the company. So how did you answer it? I answered it with while I may not have as much impact as I would like to have had in my history, mm -hmm. I've only I've only recently been, a, been able to come into an understanding, a greater understanding of what my purpose is and what mm -hmm. I want to do with my career. So because I'm starting later, I have more energy and more focus towards trying to fulfill that and create more impact now. Excellent. Well, I didn't take some notes on what you said, man. <laughs> Wow, that was great. Excellent. And you can tell that was all true. That, that all came from how you really feel and what you've truly experienced. And people will pick up on that authenticity, which is why every, everyone felt so excited. That's excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Anyone else? How about how, how, how fearful it seemed before versus after? Was anyone, was it just as bad as you thought it would be or worse? It was worse than you thought? Yes, share, share a little bit. Uh, for reference, my question was, how would you solve X, Y, Z? So the question itself is very open-ended to what I'm interviewing for. So she asked me, how do I solve something like IT-related? And I have five years of IT experience. So okay. That was easy. But if she asked me, how do I solve cancer? I'm going to stare at her. I don't, I don't know how to do that. So I don't know, how to, I don't know what to say. So I'm just going to sit there. Mm -hmm. So would you be interviewing for the cancer-solving no. job? No. Will you be interviewing for the IT job? Okay, but, or maybe something else possibly, something it sounds related. like. Something related. So as, as much as you can research about that and know, as prepared as you can be. So what do you do when you don't know the answer? Say you don't know. Say you don't know. Thought process. So explain. Google it. So you say, hold on, hold on for a second. And you Google. <laughs> you just stare at each other, have that moment. You do the stare contest. <laughs> you don't know, but you will look into it for future reference. 
So let me give you a little interesting trick. If you truly don't know, I mean, they completely catch you. It's like, oh my gosh, I don't even have, they're talking about C, I don't have the A, the B, the D, I don't have anything around it. Then a great way to demonstrate a few things is to do exactly what he just said, and that's say, I don't know it now, but let me get back with you. So remember, we were talking about this and what we're trying to show them that we have. So you showed integrity by admitting you didn't know. And now when you follow up, guess what that gives you? Another opportunity to interact with them and show them what you can do. So now you can go back, do your research, come up with an amazing answer and demonstrate to them the capabilities and the results that you took the initiative to go find the answer and send it back to them in the time you said you would. So something that seemed like this horrible, oh my gosh, I don't know, this is terrible, I'm not qualified, can turn into your most valuable asset in the interview. If you think about it in these terms and you learn how to leverage them. Make sense? Okay, anybody else that was, it was worse than you thought? You, were you gonna share yours where it was worse? So my interview question is why should we hire you? Mm. Um, I need a job, that's why I'm here. Um, but you can't tell them that. You can't so, tell them that. Um, they, they, they know that, but you can't tell them. Right, and so they were saying basically um, that's the time to really market yourself um, and your, what qualities you have for that position. Mm -hmm. um, and like he said, I'm late in my um, field of cybersecurity. So that question kind of stumbled me, like, and they asked me that. So that's why that was terrible. And the other one was, what can you bring to my company? That one was kind of scary too, because you have 86 employees, already got a lot. So mm. you gotta like shift through and find like, what can you really, you know, bring as an individual? Interesting. So um, you're switching to cybersecurity, mm -hmm. right? So you were doing something else up to this point. I'm a double major in social work and cybersecurity. Social, social work and cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. But you haven't done any actual cybersecurity work. This is my first semester. As, well, my second semester as a STEM student. Okay, got it. So you're building up to this. Mm -hmm. So has anyone ever gotten that question of why should we hire you? Like, what is it about you that's so great? Who has an answer that they're really proud of? So basically what I would do is try to... Uh, Definitely try to show them my skills out on my resume that I've shown that I've worked on and highlight like definitely like the results that I have and then apply it to gain the value that the company have and show that I can innovate, show that I want to learn more that I'm trying like, you know, try to learn more about the company, try to learn more about my skills because I don't have all the answers right now. I'm just a college kid mm -hmm. graduated. So I just want to evolve and definitely show that I want to improve and bring what I learned from the company to, and what I learned from the company, I want to give it to the company again. So it's just learning. It's just so you, you demonstrate that you're a learner, yeah. basically, and that you don't have anything, or maybe you don't have this, everything that they're looking for, but you've demonstrated you're the right person because you learn and you learn whatever you need to learn and you'll do great and make an impact. Yeah. Great. Yes, sir. Also goes my character, how I get the job done, how I'm a hard worker. Okay. How you're a hard worker? that you're gonna get the job done no matter what? Yeah. Excellent. Any other thoughts on how to handle that one? It's a tough one. Um, I think 
currently work for Codingers, and it's for it's coding for children. We invented children and coding-based curriculum. Mm -hmm. And so eventually, I want to work for a children's hospital. So like along that lines, it, it's specifically in cancer research. So if they were to ask me like why I should hire you, I'd be like um, something that I value and I really enjoy seeing is when a child when a child genuinely smiles at you because you help them improve their day and they don't feel pain anymore wow. or what they are going through and what like they have to face in the hospital becomes instead of some place they have to go because they're sick, it's a second home that they feel comfortable with and they can come and look at you and be like, thank you for helping me genuinely. Wow. Wow, what a meaningful response. What a, what a showing who you are in the response and why you're doing what you're doing. That's really powerful. So who in here thinks they know what their purpose is? What, their, what your purpose, your purpose is in life? Almost? Kind of? So let's spend, let's spend our last section here talking about what Courtney mentioned earlier from Lockheed Martin, and that is how do you, in the time that you have, leave them with your best self? How would you define your best self that you want to leave them with? What kinds of things would they need to know about you to think this is the best version of you? How would you define it? Yes, Avi. Explain what you've done and how it's in line with who you are as a person. Great answer. So now they're really seeing not only just who you say you are, but who you demonstrated you are. Yes, genuine person. So whatever it is that you answer, you want it to just be authentic, right? Excellent. Yes, sir. Um, I think it's really important that if, because this happened to me before in interviews, if it comes up in conversations where some, where some of your weak points or some of your negatives are, are, are brought up, you have to be able, before that, before that interaction is over, to be able to, be able to, to spin them and pose them as opportunities for growth and potential. Because mm -hmm. it's really easy for you to leave something with a connotation that's negative, but with another with another sentence added on to, to the end of what you're saying, you can you can change someone, you can change your your, your lack of organizational skills into being something into being something like into being something more like I like to juggle, like but it also means that I'm really good at juggling multiple things at, at one time. Or that or that I can or that I can make I can I can see clarity within chaos mm -hmm. when everything's going on. You have to be able to flip it sometimes before you leave. Otherwise, that negative taste, like you said, when it goes down, and I don't remember what you said, um, the... Um, the negative emotion where it yeah. takes someone down and they stay down there? Yeah. So through the conversation, they're having these emotional reactions to what you're saying, and you want to bring them back up, yeah. right? Even if you accidentally may take them down for a moment. Excellent. End on a positive note. Yes. This may be a little bit risky, but ask them a question they don't think about every single day or something that they've never actually thought of. For example, like... Um, my dad, he had cancer when he was eight years, just kind of went to where I want to go. So I mm -hmm. asked him, have you ever seen somebody you look up to slowly and mentally drift off days at a time and you had no idea what you could do to help them? So something they just never thought about before and say how kind of connect your personal experience to that question before. Mm, wow. That's a powerful question. 
So maybe not that specific. It's heavy for an interview. That's that's because because that because it creates a set of emotions that's kind of like oh my gosh, like in all the empathy and feeling bad, which you know again it kind of puts them down here a little bit. But there's a way to word that. I love the idea of asking them something like, wow, no one's ever asked me that before. There could be a way to word that that kind of lightens it a little bit. It doesn't make it quite as as, uh, as serious, if you will. So great, great concept. Just maybe kind of lighten it just a little bit. So while we're on this kind of heavy topic, I want to do a heavy exercise with you. I want to do a heavy exercise with you around purpose as we wrap up. So I'd like everyone to take out a sheet of paper. If you have a sheet of paper, it doesn't have to be a big sheet of paper, just a sheet of paper. And what we're going to be doing with this sheet of paper is we're going to be thinking about your purpose in life. So one, one great thing to leave them with as your best self would be your self-awareness, which a lot of you have based on what you've already shared around what you're most passionate about and what impact you want to make, what your purpose is, what you understand about your purpose. So everyone that has out a sheet, please draw a horizontal line from left to right. All right, so everyone has their line, the horizontal line. So on the left side of the line, I'd like you to write the word, at the end of the line on the left, I'd like you to write the word birth, B-I-R-T-H. And on the right side of the line, at the very end, I'd like you to write the word death, D-E-A-T-H. All right, everyone has a line? Birth and death. Now, I'd like you to place a dot on the line where you believe you are today, life-wise. <laughs> everyone has a dot? So all we can do is guess at the dot, right? We don't really know where our dot is. We can take a shot based on some statistics, but we don't truly know where our dot is. Let me point out a couple of interesting things about this line. So the traditional way of thinking about work, if you look at this line, is people would spend, say, 85% of it doing a job. And then they get to that last 15% and they do something called retire. And then once they retire, they do what they've really been wanting to do the whole time. There's all these dreams, these things that they wanted to do, but they couldn't because they had this job. So I'm under the belief that if we know we have this line and it's the only line that we know we have, you're all in a position to maximize your line. Everything to the left of your line, wherever you put it, is behind you. There's nothing you can do about it. But everything to the right of your line, there's absolutely no limit to what you can do. It can be daunting to think about this in terms of what is my purpose in life? What's my purpose for this whole line? Oh, I don't want to mess it up. I want to make sure I get this right. So I want to ask you another question that hopefully gives you some clarity around your purpose. So let's forget about the line. Let's focus on the dot. Just the dot, just right here, right now. February 14, 2020, 3 p.m. in Washington, D.C. at the Marriott Warner. 
answer this question. If you didn't have to worry about money, if you were able to quote unquote retire today, right now, no worries about money, taking care of people, everyone's taken care of, you're taken care of, you have everything you need. What would you want to be doing with your day? How would you want to spend your day? Money's not a concern. And specifically with how you spend it, what kind of impact would you like to be making if money is out of the picture? So I'm going to get that, think about that for a moment and then jot down your answer. So money is not an object. Either you have infinite or you don't need it. Either way, it doesn't go into your decision about what you would be doing. So you have everything you could ever want financially. And this is just the thing that you would wake up Monday morning and say, you know what, I would just love to be doing this. Not because I need to make so much to be able to buy this kind of car and live in this kind of place, none of that. Just what would I love to be doing if I was retired? And whatever comes up first is the answer. Something crazy may come up. You're like, no, I can't say that. I can't write that. That's preposterous. Couldn't do that. All right, looks like most are finished. Who wants to share? Who wants to share what they wrote? Yes, sir. Um, for mine, I want to make at least one person smile every day. Mm. How would you do it? Any thoughts? I'm not sure exactly how to do it, but I want to make people smile, whichever, whatever way I can, whether it be monetarily, whether it be uh, making them laugh, or... Comedian? You're a comedian? You got some jokes for us? Are you a comedian? I'm, I'm not a comedian. I'm not funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how to make people smile. Yeah. Excellent. That's a good one. Make one person smile every day. Yes. I like to uh, strengthen the African-American community financially and emotionally. Mm, wow. Financially and emotionally. That's powerful. Yes. Uh, I want to be in Africa, uh, somewhere in the Caribbean, uh, exploring the land and giving aid to the people. Exploring the land and, and doing what with the people? Aid. Giving aid to the people. Any particular kind of aid? Health or food? Whatever they need. Yes, that's great. Yes, sir. We'll go this way. Take care of people. Excellent. In a medical way. Great. Yes, sir. I want to seek out mentors, gain knowledge, and share it with others. Hmm. Any, any particular knowledge in any particular area or just everything? Um, how to live your life right. How to live your life. That much money, because very few people do not do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Once I have some money with no object, I want to see how people teach me how to live it right, how to live happily, healthily, and then once I have that, I'm going to share it with other people. Excellent. Great. Yes. Um, I said that I would just want to help people and give back any way I can. And then, like, what's that? It's this quote that says, aspire, aspire to inspire before you expire. Oh, wow. Aspire to inspire before you expire. Wow, that's a good one. That's great. Yes. Um, I want to engineer peace around the world. Um, so if I retired, I would want to spend my time uh, inspiring the next generation to also want to save the world um, and create an organization that would allow, um, no matter what your background or what your situation, to do the things that you want to do in life. Wow. That's powerful. Yes. You will come over here. I want to teach kids how to dance. Teach them how to dance. Any kind of dance? Any particular kind of dance? No. I'm very versatile, so African hip-hop, ballet, all of it. 
Could you teach us how to Dougie? <laughs> That's great. Excellent. I love that. Yes, sir. Um, I definitely want to travel and experience how um, other people live their lives. Experience how other people live their lives. Any particular continents or countries or cities? Just everywhere. Yes. Travel with your family. Any particular place? Anywhere you can take people. Yes. Um, volunteer with the elderly and travel and learn other cultures. Learn other cultures, travel, volunteer with the elderly. Yes. Visit the Children's Hospital and the Animal Humane Society. Wow, children and animals. Interesting. Yes, sir. Try to make an education accessible to everyone. Wow, like the same level of education. That's fantastic. Yes. Wow. Create anything that helps them create to bring joy to them. Showing them how to do that. Wow. So, as I mentioned, I spent 18 years at Lockheed Martin, and the same question that I asked you, I asked myself several years ago. And the answer that I came up with is, I would want to change people's lives by helping them reach their full potential. That was the answer that I came up with several years ago, and that's still my answer today. The company that I worked at, Lockheed Martin, I'm an engineer, and I was building airplanes for a long time, selling airplanes. I was doing all these different things that one would say, someone that would love to help people reach their full potential, how does that connect to building airplanes? But the truth is, everything that I did at Lockheed Martin, everything that I learned how to do, was just so that I could have something to teach other people. It was just so that I could fulfill my purpose of helping other people reach their full potential. I had to go do it first so that I could teach it. So having this clarity around what that thing is for you and going into your career understanding it, understanding your why, your purpose, will give you so much more fulfillment and excitement, and it'll help guide which jobs you go after. And the very last thing it's going to do is this going to give you something great to talk about in that 30 to 90 minutes when you're trying to leave your best self? So I offer you to embrace what your answers were. Embrace it as who you are. Know that those feelings and thoughts are there for a reason and that it is appropriate to bring into your work conversations. It is appropriate to bring into your careers and you don't have to wait until you retire. I was at Lockheed Martin for 18 years before I left the company. Guess what job I had after doing all these other things? I did leadership development for Lockheed Martin. And a couple years after that, I was asked as a consultant to come back and do a workshop for leadership development at Lockheed Martin. So these things with your purpose and your job are connected. You just have to be intentional about connecting it. So with that, I want to thank you for your time this afternoon. Good luck with your interviews. Good luck with the rest of the conference. And we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Job Readiness Certification. Interview success. Practical approaches to persuading the recruiter. A professional development seminar. Featuring CEO of Whitman Consulting, Andre Thornton. If you have enjoyed this presentation, be sure to attend the Bay of STEM 
Global Competitiveness Conference. For more information on how you, your company, or organization can take part, visit www.bea.org. For college students, contact us at 410-244-7101.